Hi, I'm Debbie George Addison. Today on my show, America Can We Talk, we're gonna hit on a we're gonna do a deep dive, a deep dive Monday onto the story of the New York Times and other leftists on the war path against Christianity in America. And we're also gonna hit the story of the Holocaust Remembrance Day just yesterday. And if we get to it, I hope we will, which is Trump is winning on the NATO battle. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And welcome again to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show in today's First Five. You probably saw this story in the New York Times over the weekend. Uh, there was a reporter, and I probably should use that term loosely, that label loosely, a reporter for the New York Times who actually put out a tweet soliciting stories from students who had attended religious school, attended Catholic school or other religiously based schools. The reporter's tweet had the hashtag expose Christian schools, not, you know, tell me about, but expose Christian schools. And his tweet said, are you in the twenties or younger who went to a Christian school. I'd like to hear about your experience and its impact on your life. Please DM me, direct message me. This is a Dan Levin of the New York Times. He got a lot of pushback about that because obviously he's seeking stories from people who will criticize Christian education, criticize private schools in America that are religiously based. A lot of criticism of him had to do with, it sounded like he was just soliciting negative input, people who did not care for their religious school experience. And so he quickly put out a, someone used the word codicil, which is what you actually put at the end of a will to add to it. But he added something saying, no, no, I didn't mean just negative, just anything, you know, whatever you want to say, good, bad, I don't care. Just want to hear from students who attended Christian schools. Well, this is a kind of an upshot or the next step the American media has taken in light of the Covington school controversy we talked about last week, where you had students from a Catholic school in Kentucky named Covington attending the pro-life march in Washington and being vilified and falsely accused by the media of having been antagonistic and having been confrontational toward a group of young black Americans and then later toward a Native American person who was there protesting uh, for his indigenous rights people's day, or he, he was on a march of his own. The point was the media got the story 180 degrees wrong. They made multiple false accusations against these students. Finally, the Catholic diocese in Covington, had, which had criticized these students, put a statement out and said, basically, we got a lot of pressure right after this incident was reported, before we actually knew the facts, to criticize these students, to ridicule them. And now that we know the facts, we, the Catholic diocese that heads us, that area where the Catholic school was, apologized to the students and the families for having falsely accused them of wrongdoing. Well, somebody wrote that this was going to be a great opportunity. This Covington and, uh, school story and the way the media covered it was going to be a great story to expose media bias in this country. And it does. I mean, there are lots of examples. I'll go through a few more today. 
But on a deeper level, what this story does and what you are now watching the American left media do is expose the very anti-Christian attitude of many on the American left. I am not talking about your sweet grandmother who's always voted Democrat and does it because she believes in a little guy or some other reason. I'm talking about the cabal. I'm talking about the leadership of the Democrat Party in this country that is profoundly, determinedly anti-Christian, especially anti-Catholic, absolutely unwilling to tolerate religious freedom in this country, and how far off they are from the American dream, the American story, how far away they are from understanding the meaning and the purpose of the First Amendment and the importance it carries in preserving this precious country. I'm Debbie Georgias. This is America Can We Talk. Be right back. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. And this Covington Christian, uh, Covington Catholic School story is really going to continue to have, I think, actually a very positive impact on the American public because it is beginning, is to helping people who don't pay that much attention to politics, who always assume that the conservatives complaining about media bias, complaining about the anti-Christian bias of the American left, Assume that those are exaggerations, it's not really true, but the fact is this story is, is revealing not just the unwillingness of the media to hold themselves to a reasonable standard of finding out the facts before they report, but that it's really exposing the media's determination, even when the facts were presented and they were absolute, the, the media, I'm talking CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, all the big leftist media sources were 100% wrong 180 degree opposite of what the truth was about the Covington incident. But that did not cause them to step back and say, gee, you know, to, to analyze themselves, their, their reporters are thinking, why did we get the story so wrong? Instead, they have doubled down in anti and coverage of stories and pitching stories and in contorting stories into being anti, somehow proof of the uh, wrongness, the, the somehow immoral nature of Christian education in America and of the, especially the Catholic schools. One related story came out right after the media was, should have been completely embarrassed about the way they cover this, the uh, Covington Christian students, Covington Catholic students going to the pro-life march, was a story about a, another young man who'd attended a Catholic school in Kentucky in the same diocese, the, the, the larger geographic area where the Covington Catholic School was. There was another Catholic school, and many of the media covered a story about the valedictorian from last year in that district who is now a freshman in college and who the media ran to get quotes and said, oh, tell us how terrible the, the uh, Catholic school and the Catholic diocese is in your area. Well, this young man was valedictorian, not of the same school uh, that sent the students to Washington for the pro-life march, but actually of another Catholic school in that area. He was valedictorian and he was not permitted to give his valedictorian speech. And the media carried the story that he wasn't permitted to give his valedictorian speech because he was gay. And this exhibited LGBTQ bias against this poor young man. Well, the fact is, the truth was that the diocese, the school put out a statement at the time saying they review the content of the valedictorian speech every year. This valedictorian submitted his speech late. 
not giving sufficient time to work with the diocese to to, uh, change it. And the diocese said this speech, you know, does not carry forth, does not stand, is not consistent with the values of our Catholic school. Whatever this young man wanted to say apparently was advocacy for LGBTQ agenda, lifestyle, mission, and the school said this speech is not consistent with our values. And this is really where I want to get into what this, why I think this is a just a big window on the American left and their absolute intolerance for Christian values and Catholic values in this country. The student, the story ran that the student was denied the right after all his hard work and achieving the unbelievably wonderful status of being the valedictorian, obviously a huge you know, accomplishment to be the valedictorian in any school in America. But here he was valedictorian of a, of a Catholic school and wanted to give a speech that would have contained values inconsistent with the school's um, teachings, the Catholic school's teachings. The media covering this could not bring themselves to tell the public the truth that this child, this young man, was told he couldn't give the speech because of its content and went with the story that he was simply discriminated against, that this school was so intolerant that even though this child had earned the valedictorian status, you know, highest GPA in the whole graduating class, but he was discriminated against because he was gay. As a small side here, I like to say, I'm very familiar with private schools and very familiar with valedictorian speeches. Without going into detail in our family, I can tell you that I know private schools review the content of valedictorian speeches. I know you have to submit it ahead of time. I know there's a deadline. I know the school can come back and say, you can't really say this. You really shouldn't say that. They, they have things you can and can't say. They are giving you the stage. Uh, at the graduation, and they are a private school, and they get to tell you what is not okay to say. This was not a unique, isolated attack on this young man because he was gay. This is very common practice in uh, in, secu- in um, parochial schools, Catholic and, and other religious schools. But moving on from just that particular case, there's the, the story of Covington, the way those students were treated, the way this valedictorian story was lied, you were lied to about that. Another example in our current milieu where we are right now today is the media hysterically attacking Vice President Pence's wife who has chosen to take a job, a teaching job in a Christian school. And that Christian school has a policy consistent with the the viewpoints of many people, uh, many uh, people who love the Bible, who try to follow the Bible's teachings with respect to marriage and and personal intimacy with the LGBTQ agenda is not consistent with the read of the Bible of many, many Christians. So Karen Pence, Mrs. Pence, took a job in a private school that had does not that requires people I guess teachers and students to sign on they agree with the moral teachings of the Bible with respect to personal sexual intimacy and the left has been hysterically attacking her I want to play for you briefly Vice President Pence's response to what the media's had to say the liberal news media the Washington Post and other outlets like CNN have made an issue of the fact that your wife is going back to work and she's going back to work at a Christian school, Emmanuel Christian, that requires employees to affirm traditional religious values. It has sparked negative reaction. Does that upset you? Well, Lauren, my, my wife and I have been in the public eye for quite a while. Uh, we're used to the criticism, but, but I have to tell you, 
to see major news organizations uh, attacking Christian education is deeply offensive to us. I mean, we have a rich tradition in America of Christian education and frankly religious education broadly defined. Uh, we celebrate it. It's, the freedom of religion is enshrined in the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution prohibits a, a religious test for holding public office. And so uh, we'll, we'll let the, the critics roll off our back, but, uh, but this criticism of Christian education in America should stop. Vice President Mike Pence defending his wife, who is teaching at a parochial school, which requires adherence to biblical standards related to sexual intimacy for students and for its, I assume, faculty, staff, and everyone. But this is the point I really want to dig in with today a little bit, because this is not just a left-right view or a conservative liberal or a atheist versus a Christian view issue. It really is an issue whether or not people understand what the First Amendment guarantee to the freedom of religion means. It means more than just you get to go to the church, synagogue, or whatever religious institution you wish to attend, that you get to go there whenever you want, that you can't be prohibited from changing your religion, that you can't be persecuted for being an atheist and not having your religion. The First Amendment guarantee the freedom of religion, at the heart of it, goes to the idea, the understanding that the founders had, the founders who came here to escape religious persecution, that you actually get to live out your religious beliefs. Not just whisper them at home at the dinner table and maybe no one else will hear and, and share them inside the four walls of your church, but that you get to actually live them. What the media in this country, the, the Democrat media mob in this country has done is tried to make traditional Christian values related to marriage, related to the value of life, as to be made out to be far right, extremist, intolerable, unacceptable, cannot be tolerated, cannot be permitted in this country. The attitude of somebody, and, and as, as uh, Vice President Pence is pointing out, it's not just these loopy Occupy Wall Street type protesters. It is allegedly what used to be mainstream media outlets melting down over the idea that Mrs. Pence, the vice president, the second lady, the vice president's wife, went to work at a school that believes in the Christian values laid out in the Bible. They are acting as though that is an outrage. They have so contorted morality in this country, so contorted the idea of where our values come from, that because the left-wing world has tried to set the values that say, essentially, anything goes, the LGBTQ agenda is the number one and most important uh, mission related to human intimacy. It, above all others, must be honored, respected, and, and bowed down to, and that someone who would dare to go and teach in a Christian school that actually adheres to the values that the, the Bible teaches is to be treated as a as a, a hater, as a bigot. And, you know, there was a great piece, um, I think it was David French was writing about it. But, you know, the reason I want to get on this today is because it's only Christians that the anti-American left is doing this to. Imagine if someone, if anyone, began to attack the teachings inside the Islamic schools around this country. In fact, when people do try to point out that some of the teaching 
inside Islamic schools in this country is actually supportive of jihad, is actually supportive of Islamic supremacism, is actually a, a threat to the rule of law in this country. When people point out actual teachings inside Islamic schools, they are vilified as Islamophobes, haters, intolerant, all the labels go on and on and on and on and on. But you get my point. The American left can not allow a word of criticism to be entered against people teaching in Islamic schools. And they're also unwilling to enter to entertain criticism of the public schools and the very sterile values that are passed along in the public schools. In fact, there were some things I was going to uh, uh, pass along to you about that. Um, you know, the, the left is working very hard to vilify Christianity, vilify Christian schools, especially Catholic schools, make them out to be far right and extreme when actually there's, you know, the, um, the danger, in my view, to public, to, to students in this country does not flow from actually learning Christian values in your educational process. Christian schools are flourishing in this country. Catholic schools are flourishing in this country. Homeschooling is flourishing in this country because many parents actually hold deep disdain for the values being imparted in the public schools. They're trying to prevent and save their children from that kind of moral idiocy and just lack of values, lack of any uh, rooting of their values. Just some examples people have to deal with in public schools uh, today. Just, and this is really, this is actually happening in America today. American University, you know, you talk about the quality of the education you hope to get when you send your kids off to school. Um, I'm, I'm going to hit three points. One, back in 2006, there was a study done, the, a national assessment of educational process, essentially saying, let's compare how are kids doing in private schools versus public schools, parochial schools versus public schools, you know, religious schools, public, how, how, what's the performance? They did this study one year. It so embarrassed the public schools, they stopped doing it. But let me just tell you a few little tidbits from it. Picking on students or assessing students in grades four, fourth grade and eighth grade in reading and mathematics. Students in private schools achieved higher levels than students in public schools. The average school means that the average difference means almost eight points for grade four in mathematics and 18 points for grade eight in reading. The bottom line was kids are doing better in parochial schools, private schools, Catholic schools, because they're actually being taught reading, writing, mathematics, history, real science. And this, the idea why people take second jobs to be able to afford private school is because of a growing disdain among many Americans for the content of the public school education. One little other measure of the public school education really not doing so well for students. In Chicago, in Chicago, 79% of eighth graders can't read. Let that sink in. 79% of eighth graders in public school in Chicago can't read and 80% are below grade level in math. Now, the people who are all bent out of shape about whether a valedictorian was able to give his speech that was antithetical to Catholic values when he was a valedictorian at Catholic school ought to be focused on why is it all the money we put in tax dollars, all the money put in education ends up having kids being taught 
being taught so poorly that they can't actually function and do the things you're supposed to do. On a related point, you talk about what kids learn in parochial school versus public school. In parochial school, beyond actually reading, writing, mathematics, science, actual substantive areas of study, they are also taught that morality has a basis. That morality is not whatever you say it is when you wake up today. That there are values that matter, eternal, true principles that matter to Christians and in Jewish schools and homeschooling. There's, there are many parents who want their children to emerge from their education with a sense that there are founding, rooting values shaping their children's education. I'll tell you another thing that public schools get all confused about and wasting time about, and that is this. Public schools have an infinite number of pronouns to call the gender confused. In fact, there are 57 genders that people, that teachers have to be able to humor in public school, use correct pronouns, face discipline and even dismissal if they don't use the correct pronoun. And so you end up with kids thinking that the purpose of education is getting the correct gender names and instead of things like reading, writing, arithmetic, science, history, foreign languages. Another endless attack from the American left on Christianity and on Christian faith. You would think the number of stories that you read about Catholic priests abusing small boys, which is of course horrible, and they should be prosecuted, and they should be kicked out of the church, and no two ways about it, and people who cover those stories should be kicked out of the Catholic church. People who hide the priest's behavior should be punished. But another study, just Hofstra University researcher, uh, Cheryl uh, Shakeshaft reported uh, from a, a study, the uh, Catholic Church, she said, you think the Catholic Church has a problem? The physical sexual abuse of students in schools is likely more than 100 times the abuse by priests. She's reviewing data to say a public school student is about 100 times more likely to be abused by a teacher or administrator in public school than is a Catholic child by a priest. It doesn't make any of it okay. I'm getting at the bias the media shows, the bias the media shows against religion, against Catholicism in particular. Another example of this war on Christianity from the American left has to do the way has to do with the way Catholic judges and nominees for judges are treated by the anti-American left, the Democrat members of the United States Senate. As one example, there is a there may be an opening upcoming in the United States Supreme Court. We don't know that yet, but there is, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not healthy. She's missed a lot. She just had can lung cancer surgery. I always wish everyone well. I don't want anyone to be ill. I don't want anyone to have cancer. I do not, I wish her well, but if she's not able to continue as a Supreme Court justice, this will open yet another seat for Donald Trump to appoint someone to the Supreme Court. He is looking very closely, of course, um, at people who are, uh, several judges who are Catholic. The venom out of the mouths of United States senators in our current Senate against Catholic nominees for judges is another example of the profound anti-Christian, anti-Catholic left-wing bigotry that has been normalized by our media in this country. Our media in this country tries to pretend it is normal, it is reasonable, it makes a lot of sense that a 
person who has achieved the level of a federal district court judge who's or up for nomination for a federal judge should be ridiculed because of earnest Catholic faith, because of earnest Christian faith. There was one a gentleman, Brian uh, Boucher, who has been nominated by President Trump to rep to um, the district court, the federal district court in Nebraska. In fact, he he was up last time, and then at the end of the year of end of 2018, the, the nominees go down, and that you know that haven't been reviewed. You have to bring them up again, raise their names up again, nominate them again in 2019. And Trump has done that. And Trump has put this guy back on the list. This guy was vilified by. U.S. presidential candidate and U.S. Senator Kamala Harris, uh, along with another Democrat senator named Maisie um, Hirano, Hirano um, who just went ballistic attacking him because he is a member of a Catholic support group, the Knights of Columbus, it, which started as a society benefiting poverty-stricken Catholic immigrants. I'm telling you the, what I'm getting at in this whole left-wing intolerance, whether it is the New York Times going after uh, Covington students the new, and, and making up stuff and very, very slow to take back their words, uh, attacking another, the diocese there because some other kid was not able to give the valedictorian speech, even though the fact was that there, you know, it wasn't because he was gay, it was because of what he wanted to say, which wasn't permissible, which is entirely within the school's rights to set. But this antagonism against Christianity in this country takes forms in hundreds of ways, in, in uh, lawsuits that are filed, in cases now pending before the Supreme Court, and even in the way the Democrat senators treat serious nominees for the Supreme Court. And this is the reason. Left-wingers can not stand earnest religious faith. They cannot stand the idea that a population of people in this country actually form their religious values, form their values about life, their, how they view things, what their principles are around something they can't control. The American left wants to control what America thinks about life, abortion, marriage, Every other issue, the American left lives to control what people think. The idea that there's some power called God, some power called Christian faith, Catholic faith, learned in schools, taught in homes around this country, this makes them nuts because they can't control it. And that left-wing intolerance for true religious faith, for people having their values and morals shaped by religion, is a hallmark of the socialist slash communist movement in this entire world. We, what you're watching in Washington, what you're watching with the American left, the anti-American uh, media, the anti-American left, the Democrat media mob, the way the left conducts themselves, it is not like they all sat down together and say, okay, let's start attacking everything Christian in this country. They didn't have to sit down and, and have a meeting and plan it out. This is the left-wing mindset in this country. It's the left-wing mind mindset that finds religion offensive, that finds the idea that people want their values and morals shaped by what they believe to be true from the scriptures, from what the Bible teaches, from what they learn in their churches and their religious schools. The left cannot stand that idea that people have values they can't control. This is the same thinking, the same mindset, this, this we, we must control you, we set values, we decide 
what you can believe. We control you. You listen to us. We control everything about your life. Is that same mindset that really gave rise to, that is at the, at the core of socialism in this world. It's why every socialist leader in this world, when they come to power, among the first things they do is start shutting down churches, shutting down pastors, shutting down priests. And you know, if you're listening to this and saying, you know, that's a pretty far leap to make. This is the reason I say it was Deep Dive Monday because I wanna get sometimes in this show deeper than just the stories of the day, just the latest you know, outrage coming out of the New York Times or left-wing media, and talk about the deeper patterns of thought, the deeper mindsets, paradigms, worldviews that are present in America and that will shape our future. A country founded on the First Amendment freedom of religion means that people have the right to believe as they choose to believe about the nature of truth, about God, about morality, about what they think their, their health care should be, about marriage, about the value of human life. The idea of the First Amendment was to make, and it is a First Amendment because it was the most important right to create. It is the core right that protects individual liberty. Religious freedom was the First Amendment uh, promise that everyone in this country has the right to live their life according to their religious values, unless, you know, unless say, their religious values tell them to drive, you know, fly planes into buildings or to commit people, you know, to kill people who won't convert to their religion. That you can't take it that far. You don't, you, that's, not, that's not covered by the First Amendment. But the notion that people form their values and morals, their, their ideas about what family is, what marriage is, coming from God, this idea drives a left-wing mindset crazy. And it is that mindset, the same mindset that Lenin brought, the same mindset that Hitler brought, the same mindset that, that leftists throughout this world have brought to the world, which is just simply the idea that the left is about control. The anti-American left in this country is on a slow roll mission to demonize, to mock, to push to the side, to, to characterize Christian faith, Christian teaching, Christian schools, Catholic schools, Catholic teaching, to marginalize it, to, to make it a, like it's a freak show outside of the American norm. So the Covington story, so the reason the media went so nuts with the Covington story is because it helps them with that narrative that the Christianity must be marginalized, must be minimized, must be mocked. It must be a really bad thing. This is why the Covington Christian story got the coverage that it did from the media, because they thought it was a perfect example of how intolerant Christianity really is. And the same mindset keeps them, even instead of being embarrassed over their completely false reporting about Covington, they are leaping onto this anti-Catholic school, the New York Times looking for stories to mock Christian, Christian schools, to mock religious school, mock Catholic schools, to mock the idea that religion has a place in forming and molding and shaping America, that has a place in forming the values our young people believe in. This is why the left has gone so wild. It's a, it's a kissing cousin of the mindset that Lenin and other leftists in this world had, it, and you know, 
not just Lenin, I always pick on him, but, you know, all of Russia as they attempted to move into the uh, West, it was Russia, the Soviet Union, trying to push into the um, former, the Western, uh, Eastern European countries. They became the Eastern European bloc. They were taken over by Russia. That communist socialist mindset that says, we will control how you think, we'll decide how you think. This is why they always had to destroy the church. Why the, 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 uh, Chinese communists still today are knocking down Christian churches and arresting Christians and rounding them up and arresting them. They cannot tolerate actual religious freedom. They cannot tolerate values shaped by a belief in God. Values shaped by believing in the truth of of the Judeo-Christian scriptures. The anti-American left is kissing cousins with the Lenin, socialist, communist, Chinese, Eastern European bloc mindset that said, we cannot tolerate religious faith. So, and, and I'm not saying they know this. I think this New York Times reporter is just, you know, he's just marinating in the, uh, in the environment he's in, the milieu he's in, where Christianity and earnest, earnest faith is kind of something to be mocked, kind of something to be, well, you know, let's not get real, don't take yourself too seriously, come on, Christianity, it just means you go to church on Christmas and Easter and put up Christmas trees and sing Christmas carols and that constitutes Christianity. But for many Americans, the idea of having your children learn about their Christian faith, learn that it means something, it shapes their values, it is their very purpose for living, for having a God-given identity and purpose, for taking that God-given identity and purpose forth into the world. That's how many Christians in this country live and want to live and have the right to live under the First Amendment. What you're seeing from the American left, this Covington Christian story, was Covington Catholic story, was not just a little window on left-wing media bias. It was a window on the mindset of the American left that can not tolerate genuine Christian faith. Stay tuned for one more story, and this will be about the Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was yesterday. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to talk briefly about Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was yesterday. And Holocaust Remembrance Day was, you know, it's celebrated around the world. And people, of course, are invited to remember the horrific, you know, discovery made by the Allied troops when they finally, you know, overcame the Germans and finally pushed the Germans back and discovered the horrors of the uh Auschwitz and other, in fact, one picture up, yeah, Auschwitz and other um, of the uh, of the horrible uh, Jewish concentration camps with, and what the Holocaust meant. I want to share some facts with you why I think it's so important. Number one, uh, there was a study fairly recently, and it said that um, 31% of Americans and 41% of millennials say that the Holocaust only involved the death of 2 million or fewer Jews. The number is 6 million easily. But this dumbing down of what the Holocaust was and the, the 
extent of it, the horrific nature of it is not healthy for a world that wants to try to prevent it from ever happening again. But many, many people aren't taught about it. So millennials, even getting there close to a third of Americans think it was only 2 million. But second, I want to get into this, uh, this rising anti, this Holocaust Remembrance Day, the, the number of instances of deadly attacks on Jewish people in this world, rising anti-Semitism. In 2018, there were the most deadly attacks on Jews around the world in the last 25 years. Anti-Semitism is rising in this world. And anti-Semitism obviously is what got us to the point where we had the Holocaust, where we had just this just bred in hatred by Hitler and his entire cabal in convincing the German people and enough of them to get behind him to that somehow that this, this mission of first, you know, organizing Jews into camps and then making them wear the yellow star and then sending them off. And then ultimately all of the horror of, of the murders, that somehow that was justified hatred. That's what Hitler managed to do. He managed to convince people in Germany, not, not, not everyone in Germany, people didn't know, they didn't think they could do anything about it. But the point is, we have Holocaust Remembrance Day to try to remember how horrific the Holocaust was, how anti-Semitism was a horrible influence in Europe at that time, and why I wanted to especially mention it today, beside this Holocaust Remembrance yesterday, is that it ties into something I try to talk with you about America all the time, and that is this idea of tribalism. The American left lives and functions on organizing the American people into tribes. The American left's endless effort is to identify you as a African American, a Latino American, an Asian American, a something American, hyphenated, hyphenated, divide you into tribes. And then to convince you, each individual tribe, that somehow you are wronged there's some other person out there, entity out there that hates you, is always against you, is trying to hurt you, and that they, the, the leftists in this country, will somehow save you from that. But it's tribalistic thinking that leads to anti-Semitism. It is lumping people into groups and then treating them as a whole. This anti-Semitism in this world is, is ideologically, is philosophically tied to the mission to forever create tribes. If we're ever going to really rise above it, it is to, we have to in part reject the efforts of the left to tribalize this country, to stop agreeing that they get to, that, that they get to label us and we have to function in the group they assign. One of the many tribes they really work on creating is women, is male versus female, old versus young, rich versus poor, you know, ethnicity, race, national origin, endless creation of tribes, and then pitting those people in tribes against somebody else's tribe, some other group. The highest idea of loving your fellow man is to reject tribalism, including this horrific anti-Semitism on the rise. And actually, you know, there were some articles recently that were talking about how, you know, it's really unfortunate that a lot of young people don't realize how many uh, Jews were killed in the Holocaust. And articles on the left 
mocking that concern. Just saying, what difference does it make? I mean, why is it so important that people have to know it was six million? Well, the answer is people have to understand the consequences of the tribalistic thinking that got them, got the world to where the Holocaust occurred. Having people remember helps us to rise above tribalism. And I'll, I'll say one last thing about the tribalism. There was a, an article written called The Longest Hatred, um, The Longest Hatred, uh, Anti-Semitism on the Rise. Uh, a lot of details and information about anti-Semitism in this country and actually around the world. Britain is having a horrible time with anti-Semitism. And if you look at the leaders, you look at the people enabling it, the people, it is the leftists in the world. It's the leftists in America. It's the leftists in, in uh, England. Jeremy Corbyn is, is helping to facilitate this anti-Semitism. There is a need to recognize that leftism's breeding of tribalism ends up hurting people, ends up hurting people and causing them to turn against each other and rising above tribes is the way to get past it. Well, today I, I, I used the expression earlier in the show, a deep dive Monday. I have guests in the show often. I'll have a lot. In fact, I have a great guest tomorrow. Alan West is joining me. We're going to be talking, I think, mostly about Venezuela and what's happening there, what America should do about Venezuela and the secret police there and all sorts of insider stuff that he'll be great to talk about. But I want to, uh, on a lot of Mondays, do a deep dive Monday, try to hit on one topic, go a little deeper than the headlines, because ultimately the mission of this show of America Can We Talk is to speak up for preserving this extraordinary, exceptional experiment in human liberty. So... I invite you to please like and review this Facebook page if you're watching on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. Subscribe to this channel on YouTube. You can email me at AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. You can check out the links to today's stories on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. All the links are there. You can go up to the top of the homepage and under podcast, scroll down, list of links, and there they will be. And if you like what you're hearing on this show and you want to help me spread this truth about America, please consider donating to America Can We Talk on the homepage of AmericaCanWeTalk.org. There's a donate button. You can help me spread the word about this great, extraordinary, exceptional country. And most importantly, I really urge you to always speak up for America. Thanks for listening to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. Talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear us now? You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.